Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits. But before we actually get to the show, I wanted to remind you guys that Talking in Bits is completely 100% audience funded. What that basically means is, is that you will never have to sit through no ads while you're listening to Talking in Bits. And the only way we can continue to do that and have been able to do that is with contributions and donations with great listeners such as yourself. So in order to keep that spirit alive, there's a few ways that you can actually donate to the show. My favorite way is podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a bunch of them out there, but my two favorite are Fountain App and Breeze. And with these apps, it's basically like any other podcasting app. You can subscribe to Talking in Bits. Um, you can load up some sats into the wallet and you can set how many sats per minute you think Talking in Bits is worth or how much value you're receiving from Talking in Bits. You can do this from both of those apps. Another really cool feature in, the, in these apps, these podcast 2.0 apps, is the boost feature. And what the boost feature is, is basically you get to pick a certain amount of sets that you want to send in and you can embed a message inside of that transaction into the show. And what I'm going to do is week to week, the best ones that come in, I'm going to read them and give shout outs here live on the show. So that's another way that you can help keep this ad free um, and keep this content rolling. Uh, if you're not using the podcast 2.0 apps, then you can head on over to talkingandbits.com backslash donate. And there you'll find various links to be able to send in Lightning, to be able to send on-chain, and even a Paynim. So go check out the, the website. That's another way to contribute. And if you're listening to us on the legacy outlets like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, then you could do the good old-fashioned leave a review, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps and helps us float up higher so more people can get this value and more people can get everything that we want to provide to our listeners. So once again, we appreciate you. The only reason we've been able to keep this up is because of y'all, and we want to keep that going for as long as we can. All right, without further ado, on to this week's episode. I also made the case for winning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply. By its design, the total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. This is the power of Bitcoin. Since the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking of Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 79, and I got good Texas Slim here in the house for the second go around. How you doing, good sir? I'm doing well. It's good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, I'm in Austin, and it's been a good trip. Yeah, so I'm in Austin. Cool. You are. You I, made it from Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, I, I told somebody last night. I'm a refugee. I exiled from Massachusetts. <laughs> How you liking it, man? I love it. I love yeah. it. It's uh, it, you know, a lot of nerves when it comes to to coming down here and thinking like, does, you know, is it is is it all hype? Is it real? Like what people were saying about Austin. Sure. And, and it's lived up to it 1,000%. It's yeah. been a great experience. Well, I'm glad you're having a good honeymoon. There'll be parts of it you'll get tired of, you know, the traffic and whatnot. But if you strategically yeah. place yourself, you'll be fine. That's a good point. I you mean, know what you're going to do? You're going to create a new market access to a little freedom. And we're going to talk about market access yes, here. We we're are. just talking about just market access. That <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, about the traffic, I, you know, I come, you know, I, I, this is baby True. traffic. Yeah, yeah is. this isn't really traffic. So I'm, I'm humbled at that. And um, just being able to be closer to all this, this is the very first episode, as you know, filmed here in the beautiful Bitcoin Commons. 
uh, in the beautiful TFTC studios. We have to thank uh, Marty Parker, everybody, Carr. Oh my gosh, the, the, what list. they've done here is amazing. Is amazing. Comments. Yeah, last night was very cool. Last night was very fun for yeah. sure. So first episode here for the listeners. We've made it. We made it to Austin. We're here. I told y'all bigger things for talking a bits, and here we are. Uh, but Slim, I think we should just get right into it just because we were just talking about it and it's fresh in the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Bitcoiners out here that are following your message and have been following you here. You talk a lot about market access, mm-hmm. market access. Now, the big problem with not market access, but with how people interpret things is that they think they know what market access is or right. and then they're going to run. And when they go and try to spread your message, they kind of taint the message. Because they're not saying the correct stuff. Right. So please, for those that don't know or think they know, market access in your eyes. Oh my gosh, it's daunting. But, uh, you know, here we go, (laughs) right? Let's go. No, it was. I mean, I've been doing this for three years and it's like, where do you interject yourself into, you know, where do you interject yourself into the, the issues, you know, as far as consumption models? And where do you interject yourself into basically the solution of, you know, that you're designing and engineering for yourself? Well, you have to create an understanding first of market access. And whenever we look at market access, what does that mean? Well, it means how you consume. Really, it does. What is your market access to your food? Well, most people, it's the supermarket. That's their market access. Well, let's break down the market access beyond the supermarkets. What happens behind the supermarkets? Well, there's so many things globally that goes on with that type of market access that you're allowing yourself or that you're choosing to be yeah. a consumer from a supermarket that we really, that it's not a true understanding of market access. Whenever, you know, growing up, my market access to our food, you know, as me as a kid, my parents raising me in West Texas, our market access was the rancher. It wasn't the supermarket. The market access that we use for me growing up to really establish my core belief system of what food was, was my grandfather's farm. That was our market access, you know, and everybody can basically develop that type of, um, I guess, peer-to-peer contact in an easier way than they're allowing themselves. The reason they don't allow themselves to think about what market access is, because they don't think they have any options anymore yeah. they think that they're hamstrung you know and they think that well i don't i i'm in the city you, you know you were in up in you know boston area right yeah and so your market access is totally different from you know a poor boy a poor boy from west texas right yeah but if we can intentionally kind of say okay how am i going to eliminate all those touch points that i don't know about within my market access well the the best person to learn that from is the rancher and so whenever I started this over three years ago in my conversations that I've had across the board, across the nation, every rancher said the biggest issue in our nation right now when it comes to food, nutrition, and health is a lack of market access to food, nutrition, and health. Right. So you break down the medical, pharmaceutical, agricultural complex. Okay, what is your market access to feel good if you need prescriptions? Well, it's to a, a pharmaceutical company. You know, that's the medicine. So yeah. your market access to feeling good is is basically centralized, controlled by a global corporation. What is my market access to my food consumption? Well, it's to the industrial food complex. What is market access to the medical field? 
don't get me started with the medical field, <laughs> yeah. you know, from what we just did. So if you can kind of start thinking instead of being a consumer, start being an exchanger of value. Yep. Then you understand that market access is a hell of a lot more empowering, important, and achievable right now, more so than people know, but it requires decentralized thinking. It's like, how am I going to quit thinking in this centralized apparatus that has gotten us here? Right. And if you can take that step back and to define that as the individual self, then you're going to say, well, man, hell, man, my best friend, you know, I'm going to go barter with my best friend that's a rancher. Screw this. I'm never going to give myself market access to the supermarket beef ever again. Yeah. I'm putting my foot down. That's just how it is. I know that I can get that quality. I can be an exchanger of values and goods with them in a peer-to-peer transactional way, either fiat, Bitcoin, handshake, whatever the hell it is. You've created a market access that is going to lead into the the intentionality of your health, of your food consumption, and a lot of times your audio and video consumption. Yeah. So whenever I talk about market access, I don't watch TV. I don't give myself market access to TV. I don't give myself market access to the fear porn that everybody loves to do and scroll every day. I don't give my market access to McDonald's. I don't give myself market access. What I do is I engineered market access basically across the country now to where I don't have to play that game anymore. Right. And it's decentralized. Right. And it's built on relationships. So for for those like, it's going to require, you said decentralized thinking is the way that, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, kind of follow in that same uh, Mm -hmm. process that you're thinking. So what type of event is it going to take in somebody's life? Like for me, I would say it was Bitcoin, right? right? To be able to get that decentralized thinking. Is Bitcoin the premier way or what are some other examples that can actually get somebody to switch their thinking? Because as you know, it's extremely convenient to just follow the trend. Sure. Extremely convenient to, you know, that medicine makes me feel good. You know, this, that. So are we running out of life-changing situations or things that come into our lives to get us to get better market access or think in that way? I think what we're we're running out of is the critical thinking skills and the cognitive ability to understand that you're not as trapped as you think you are. Because what we do is we fear porn all day. We doom screw all day. We don't really go out there and take a step back and pause and look at the, look at the playing field. Let's, you know, let's act like you, you're looking at a field. You, you got to point your compass in a different way. Yeah. Well, what does that start? Well, it starts with understanding and research. It, yeah. You get to the source of the seed of the problem. You're going to find the source of the seed of the solution as the individual, right? Yeah. So if you're able to do that in in low time preference, you know, we always talk about that in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is Bitcoin. For me, for me, it was a combination of diving back into food intelligence of my past of agriculture and ranching. And then also bringing along the decentralized ethos of Bitcoin. So before I was a Bitcoiner, I was actually made sure that I gave myself market access to decentralized philosophy, decentralized thought, decentralized history, how it worked. It took a long time to get there. And then once I did all that legwork, that groundwork of the decentralized mindset, yeah. then I went deeper into Bitcoin. It, you know, Bitcoin is not a manual. Right. You know, Bitcoin is what the individual makes it. So I look at, you know, everything I do right now, 100% is driven off of beef. Bitcoin is secondary. It's a tool. Yeah. It's not going to save the world until we learn how to utilize it in a way that basically people are not afraid to adopt it. So, you know, you don't just push Bitcoin on people. You let people find it themselves holistically and naturally. But what you do is you 
paint that roadmap for them. I use food. Some people might use, you know, mechanical engineering. Sure. Some people might use software engineering. Who knows what it is? There's yeah. so many people doing, you know, here, here last night, crowd health. Yeah. You know, they're going to be orange peeling people through, you know, a different uh, option for insurance, health insurance. So people are going to learn Bitcoin through maybe adopting their type of health insurance. And so you, what I always tell people now today, instead of just being, you know, that, that, that repeater of cycles of Bitcoin, right. find out is what is the most important thing in your life, whatever it is, relationship building with, you know, with food or relationship building with people, relationship building with innovation, within mechanical engineering, yeah. whatever it is, being a pilot, whatever it is, find out what you're truly passionate about and bring Bitcoin along for the ride right. and saying, okay, Bitcoin, we're doing this together. How do we find a way to where we can make it symbiotic? And that's what we've done within the Beef Initiative. And we've, we've, we've achieved many different new um, leverages with Bitcoin within for the ranchers, the producers. And there's going to be more and more that we find out because we took that step back and saying, okay, I'm not going to lead with Bitcoin. I'm going to leave with relationship building. I'm going to leave with pure food. I'm going to lead with the sources of uh, the seed of the solution. The source of the seed of the solution is to give people decentralized market access to beef and Bitcoin now. So that's that's where we've gone in this, yeah. this short period of time. So identifying the the problem mm -hmm. and finding the right tool to provide the solution for that problem. It's I mean that sounds so elementary, but that's kind of the basics of what's happening here. Well, I tell everybody it's so simple, it's complicated. Because yeah. <laughs> what we do is we 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 get stuck in paralysis, you know, analysis paralysis. We're going to save the world. We're going to feed the world. We're going to end starvation. Well, you better start with yourself first. For sure. I mean, you don't. You're not going to be a strong individual. You're not going to educate anybody unless you're fully educated. Right. Until you can get up here, like where where I am. You know, this took years to get here. Yeah. You know, it does, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I enjoy doing it, and I don't look to script my life anymore. I just flow with it. Yeah. But I lead with a, a market access in my mind first of decentralization. I'm not going to do something today unless I'm doing it in a decentralized way. If it's not something I can do in a decentralized way, I'll find the, the most centralized way that I'm okay with. And it's a hard stamp that you have to give yourself. It's obligation. It's accountability. Right. And, you know, the, the individual self has to be willing to do that. And once they are, then they're ready to move on. Yeah, I no, I agree 100%. The one thing that worries me is, is that the individual, the common individual, doesn't start making that turn until potentially something bad happens in their life, whether it's a health Most situation. Definitely. And, and sure. that's what, you know, with, with all this information that's out there with what you're doing, and it's all there, it's all visual, but man, are people so zombie to the point where they're just going to wait until that diagnosis or, sure. or that situation. And that's what worries me the most. It, it is. And I think that, I, unfortunately, we are there in that day and time. And to be transparent, I mean, you know, I've, I've told people, you know, I, I you know, grew up West Texas. I, I grew up cowboy life type, you know, rough and tumble, yeah. basically. I've got over 20 broken bones. I've had, uh, you know, 14 pieces of metal in me, broken my neck. You know, I've got all kinds of health shit that I've had to go through that I've been put back together. I truly have. Yeah. Several times in back that whenever I said I got back into food intelligence. Well, that was because I was pretty beat up. Right. I had an internal injury, you know, got knocked down pretty hard. Wasn't just anything nefarious. It was just I was hurt, yeah. you know, 
And so I said, well, I got to look at food. And so, but I did, I got pretty close to freaking leaving this place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was given like six weeks at one time. They couldn't figure it out. But I'd had a, you know, I had an internal injury to where, you know, I was retaining fluid. They thought I had cancer. They thought all kinds of shit. So I had to get to the source of the seed of the problem. Right. It took time. And then I had to get to the source of the seed of the solution. And I said, well, you know, if, if you're going to be beat up, I was weighing about 120 pounds to tell you the truth. Wow. And so I, I've got pictures and maybe one of these days everybody can see, but I look like I was out of a concentration camp. Wow. I look like I was starving to death. And, uh, and so I said, okay, here we go. This is my shot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've been beat up a lot. You probably shouldn't be here already. Yeah. So let's look at your health. Let's look at what food is and let's remember where you come from. And yeah. it started with that, just that simple little equation that I was willing to ask myself first, but I knew I had a core belief system in a, in, in a, in a thought process where I could leverage that. Because I'd given up on all this bullshit out here in the centralized world, especially, right. you know, this was before COVID and, and then COVID hit. And that just really got me into Bitcoin and deeper into food intelligence. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, your intuitions are right. Things are kind of fucked up. Right. So let's, let's get there. So I did go through a health scare. And so I was willing to look over the ledge and say, okay, no more. Yep. So what are we going to, what tools are you going to bring along with you to take these next steps? Right. And if the individual can do that, you know, you don't have to get to that point. What you can do is, you know, acceptance is the key. You can say, hey, man, I'm not happy or, hey, man, I'm, I'm overweight or, hey, man, I'm tired of feeling, you know, I'm tired of eating every four hours. I, I'm tired of being broke. I'm yeah. tired of not being passionate about life. I'm tired of not having that market access to happiness. Right. Well, it does start with maybe sometimes it is something that is, is, is scary in your life. Yeah. And it takes you to the edge or that you're just disgusted with. <laughs> yeah, perfectly said. And, and I'll give you a, a personal experience from with just being disgusted. Self-help self hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think it's beneficial for listeners to hear this because a lot of the times we we wrestle with this stuff our, on our own, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't really want people to know how we feel. Uh, and, and then it just it's just time wasted. It's, it's, so in my experience, I've always battled with weight uh, my whole life. And at one point, about a decade ago, um, when I got married to my wife, um, I was sitting at like close to 400 pounds. Really? Right? So yeah, I was just like, and then in my mind, I was disgusted with myself. Sure. I mean, sure, you know, my wife was still in love with me, all that good stuff, but it didn't matter. I wasn't, you know, performing the way I wanted to perform. I wasn't the man that I wanted to be. Uh, I started to have children. I didn't, I wasn't feel like I was the leader that they needed to be. Yeah. But then ultimately that disgust mixed with, um, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night because I was so destroyed internally that would have like this like acid like it's not just typical acid reflux I, I literally had to throw up every night sure so it was just just my stomach and everything inside basically saying hey man you're fucking hammering this food so far down your fucking throat this junk this poison mm -hmm. that now we can't even you can't even go to bed without us being able to digest this crap mm -hmm. uh and then so it was the disgust mis mixed with that situation yeah so i went to the doctors to try to figure this out bad idea we all know that and they just started loading me up. Here's uh, Lysander Pearl. Here's, you know, all this other nonsense for high blood pressure and all this other stuff. Sure. Um, and I had enough, right? And then that's that moment that you kind of uh, encountered when, when you were going through that. And, and it was just that turning where it was like, this is either going to make me a better person and I got to figure this shit out. Market access, fine. Better market access. Uh, or it's just going to beat me and I'm just going to be this fucking guy forever. Sure. Um, and thankfully, here I am, you know, shaved over 200 pounds of that. 
and just, you know, feeling better than ever here in Austin, doing what I got to do, right? Congratulations. Family. Thank you. Um, but it's hard. It's fucking hard. So what? No, I know. I just want people to know. Well, no, it's not no, easy. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm talking in general. Okay. So the fuck what? Right. It's hard. Are we afraid of hard? No. Are we afraid of living in a form of survival that all of our ancestors had to live into? Why are we so damn entitled? Why? Because we want a world war? Seriously. Yeah. Why are we entitled in the United States of America? Is because we're more innovative? Right. Well, really, we're not. I mean, I've been around the world. I've driven the United States this last three years. Yeah. You know, it looks like we're in a depression <laughs> in, the, in rural America, in, in the deep urban parts of our cities. You know, that's just the facts. Let's be transparent here. And so if you look at a society that is, is basically, there's so many good things about society right yeah. now. There really is beautiful parts of it. Agri you know, architecture. There's a lot of things that are wonderful. But if you look at, you know, where we've come from and where we're going and comparing it to the rest of the world and the innovation and the creativity, we're not doing so good. Yeah. And, and it's one of the reasons we're not is because we, we have a we have an overwhelming desire for convenience that has mm. led to a sense of complacency. And then whenever they you tie that, let's take it to food. Whenever your food desires are based on convenience, yeah. you've lost it's just a matter of time. You know this. Absolutely. With your journey. Yeah. Whenever you're basically, you're towards food or life, whenever your philosophy is based on survival, true survival, then you're going to basically have a, a sense of accountability and a sense of obligation mm. to something. Maybe it's to your children. Maybe it's to your ancestors. Maybe it's to your community in which you live in. Whatever it is, that's up to the individual itself to take. We've taken that away. Yeah. We've taken that account. You're going to have to answer to somebody. Yeah. You know, whether you be a religious or a, a person of God or Jesus or Allah or Buddha or, you know, the Tao, whatever it is, you're going to have to answer. And so if you can come to that place in your mind, it's like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay for it to be hard because, you know, if you don't engineer your own suffering, upon yourself, the suffering will be engineered upon you. Mm. And, and you have to realize that that's not, you know, being a masochist here. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically saying, hey, I'm going to do the hard work now. Since I'm going to have to do this hard work, it's going to be hard. It's going to suffer. But I know the outcome because I've already created that destination. What is your destination? It was to lose, you know, 200 pounds. Yeah. Well, now you've got a new destination, don't you? You know, you and I have talked. Yeah. You've got plans. Got plans, and it's yeah. part of the journey. Continue to build that. Yeah. But would you ever go back now? No, never. Was never. it hard? Incredibly hard. The most valuable thing in the world is for something to be difficult. Indeed. And the most lessons learned. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that on the other side, in retrospect, as people say, it's, yeah, I would never go back. You know, mm -hmm. it's one of those. I just want, you know, more people, especially the ones that are listening that are, that find themselves in that, like, yeah. scenario where it's like I got to push forward or just keep fucking pushing yeah let's keep pushing there's, there's nothing for you back there uh, I always like to use my pre you know death is always upon you right every single day death is basically you're losing those days you're never going to get those days back so like for me you know I was about 25 years old at that point at that point I'm like look this is what the first 25 years of my life have given me following mm -hmm. that narrative following that story doing you know that like do I want this to be my other 25, my next 25, right? And then that was just easy enough for me to, well, let me try something new. Yeah. And then it was like a thread, you know, like like you said, it get, took three years for you to get to this position that where you started talking about the beef initiative to where you are now. Well, that's sort of how it was with me. I was like, I didn't lose weight at first. 
nothing happened. I mean, it was a lot of bullshit. A lot of yeah. fell into the hands of a lot of charlatans, right? A lot of things out there that I wanted to try and do. Yeah. But I kept going. Yeah. And then eventually you reach this point where it just skyrockets and mm -hmm. you figure it out and you get something. And then, like you said, then this next thing to figure out and then mm -hmm. the next thing to figure out. But yeah, if, if people are listening to get anything out of it, it's that, it's that there will be that, that moment that actually turns the table for you. But there'll be a lot of nothing in the meantime. Yeah. There is, you know, yeah. you got to embrace the darkness. You got to embrace the suck. You know, yeah. we have all these things, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. that we say, but really you got to just be okay, man. Yeah. You got to, you got to, you got to be okay with yourself. Absolutely. And you know, this is what I always like to tell you because people do suffer, man. They suffer every day. We have a quiet desperation. You know, yeah. I believe it was Joe Rogan said that, you know, a couple of years back. But, you know, everything that I do, I always like to preface, man, this isn't a judgment against anybody, man. This yeah. is this is just like, hey, it's better out there if you just kind of follow, point your compass over here. Right. You know, we're all part of this. We've all contributed to it. What part did we play in all of this? We all did. I mean, our consumer demand, our desires. Where are we gluttonous as people? No, we're usually pretty trustworthy. Yeah, we we're, we want to do the right things. Overall, we really do. Well, that's been hijacked. That intentionality of being, you know, a trustworthy person. You know, trust requires a, a leap of faith. Of you have to be courageous. Sure, especially these days. Yeah, whenever you can stand on your own two, two feet and be courageous and just say fuck it, I'm not going to worry about judgment. I'm not going to worry about you know being called out. I, I, I believe in my instincts. I believe in my intuition. I believe in my desire that is based on truth and value and merit. Then you, you can be okay, but it does take a little time. There is a void of time in there to where you are second guessing. And the worst thing that we got going on in this life is not out there. It's right in here. It's mm. the self-talk. You know, it is that basically, you know, that, that analysis paralysis of fear that we get into in life. And if you look at basically a lot of people's consumption models, when it's audio and video, it's all based on fear. Yeah. It's not based on empowerment. No. I mean, you think about you change programming in this nation right now from the audio, to the video of truly good accomplishments. You know, everybody's like, nobody would watch it. You'd bullshit. They would watch it. Yeah, they but would. it'd take time. There yeah. would be a void and people are afraid of the void. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They want no part of it. Yeah, no. it's, it's, yeah, definitely. And then the, the the people that are like pulling out the fear, the fear porn, uh, they basically somewhere down the road set themselves up to be the savior as well. Of course. And that's to United you know. States government, yeah. food supply, everybody, the diet programs that are on a 12 month cycle. It, it just never stops. Yeah, right. Because it's they the want you to keep coming back. Sure. Man. So how, what are your thoughts, Slim, on um, this is touchy subject that when it comes to like where 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 capitalism should end right and where it it doesn't apply and, and what i mean by that is is that a lot of this convenience especially like in the pharmaceuticals and all these the, these other big conglomerates mm -hmm. is is because they were able to capitalize on you know your convenience your soothing yeah these things but then you have somebody who's running these businesses and, you know, pharmaceuticals, is we all know, is evil. So that's probably not a good example. But somebody who's borderline doing something honest, but also capitalizing on convenience. Like, when does it when does it show that it's when does that line get drawn of like, all right, you're just being a capitalist now versus are you actually contributing to society? Right. Well, <laughs> you look at who contributed to our society in which we you know, you go back to the Rockefellers, you go back to all that kind of stuff. And you can look at how capitalism 
got hijacked. It's been yeah. hijacked. It was hijacked after World War II. It was hijacked back in 19-whatever, 13, 17, those t- days and time. Well, capitalism ends and whenever, you know, you can print money out of thin air, doesn't it? <laughs> it's right. done. Yeah. There's no capitalism. Yeah. Actually, is there? Yeah, there is capitalism because within that type of mass prohibition of basically purchasing power and value of our monetary systems, guess what? There's a new form of capitalism coming up behind it. Truth always wins. We can look at capitalism right now, how bad it has exploited our world, the human spirit and, you know, our, our earth. Yeah. You know, they get to leverage that against us, that the earth is destroyed. And so, you know, that's that's a bad form of capitalism that captures the human spirit. Yeah. Well, right now, you know, within Bitcoin, Bitcoin's a form of capitalism. It's based on truth and value and transparency and honesty, obligation, proof of work, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So really the perception of capitalism needs to be truly redefined. I, like I think, yeah. you know, once we can all kind of accept that, you know, things are screwed up, but then a lot of people aren't because a lot of people are very, very much, you know, uh, being rewarded to be, to exploit capitalism. Right. Those are the people that are in control. You know, once again, the medical, medical, pharmaceutical, agricultural complex, man, they're, 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 they're firing on all cylinders, but they're scared too, because they know that the value is basically gone of the dollar. And so that's whenever they've, they've been very good about interjecting and injecting these fake commodities into our food systems, into our pharmaceuticals, there's so many things that they're using to say, well, this is capitalism. Right. What it is, it's just poison into the human spirit. So let's get back to knowing what capitalism was at one point in time, maybe, you know, trading shells, you know, back and forth sure. with each other. That's capitalism. Right. You know, peer-to-peer barter exchange of value and quality, value for value. Isn't yeah. that the new form of capitalism? Value for value, man. That's what we want it to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's up to the individual self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're turning out here. So for me, it started with, you know, podcasting 2.0 right. and what Adam has been doing uh, with, with that. And that's value for value. Basically, I deliver the very best product I can deliver, mm-hmm. and then I let the consumer decide what the value of that is, and they can give it back. Yeah. But you're also doing that with these ranchers, and the same exact thing. You want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about value for value from a rancher's perspective and the beef initiative? Sure. I mean, value for value from the rancher's perspective, you look at the food supply, you look at ranching, animal producing, grass farming, whatever you want to call it. And you, you look at what I have from me, let's say me three, four years ago, and then the rancher. Okay, well, I went in there and looked at every one of those touch points that was hiding me from that rancher. Why can't I see that rancher over there? Is it me? (laughs) Is it because I don't pay attention to the rancher? Or is it because of a media cycle that doesn't allow me to see the ranchers except on Yellowstone on TV? You know, what is it? What are what are all the that's in that metal? It's very cloudy. Right. So once I was able to look at the rancher and uh and look at them face to face, you know, with a handshake, you yeah. know, check rancher's hand, look him in the eye and say, would you educate me? Well, then I learned, you know, basically what my grandfather had taught me, relearned or reflected upon or, you know, kind of dug deep into my conscience and saying, well, the rancher really, the animal producer, the rancher has always been the same throughout the period of time, especially within regenerative. They had to use the land and they had to use the land tools. And then they use the land and the land tools to consume. Right. Okay, every part of that, of regenerative farming and rancher, and the modern day rancher right now that we work with in the Beef Initiative, 
Only thing that they do every day is exchange value for value. Think about that. Okay, I've got, uh, we're in a drought. Yeah. What is that rancher thinking about? Well, I've got to find value for that cow to consume that grass so that cow will be of value. Yeah. And so every day, that's what a rancher is thinking. What is the value of value exchange here? What is the proof of work that I have to put into this cow that is a regenerative model, which is more of a basically a decentralized protocol on how to steward the land and steward the animal itself? Once you can look at that, then you can say, well, that's the most valuable thing in my life right now is to have that relationship with that rancher. Therefore, I can bring value for value exchange. What does he want to exchange with me? Because this is how he's going to make sure that cow has that value of grass, that value of soil, that value of land to where we can consume it, to where that nutrition that the beef is, is basically going to make my life better. Well, usually it's a handshake. Yeah. Usually it's a credit card on swipe. You know, you swipe sure. your credit card. Well, now we can do that peer-to-peer barter exchange just like my grandfather used to do with a handshake. And yeah. right now we can do wallet-to-wallet Bitcoin. Absolutely. And that's it. Yeah. That's value-for-value value exchange. We're both playing a part of it. I don't have the USDA, the FDA, United States government, Department of Justice, JBS, Cargill, uh, Tyson, National, uh, all the all the middle wholesale distribution packing companies that have been created by those companies I just said, I don't ever have to talk to them or worry about them ever again. Yeah. And and if everybody knows that they can do that as the individual self, yeah, we don't have to worry about feeding the world, man. Okay, worry about feeding yourself first. Yeah, for sure. That has value to it. Yeah. Do you think those chicken tendies have value? Maybe for your taste buds. Yeah. That's how they've engineered them. You know, and so yeah. whenever you can look at value for value exchange with the rancher that really is intentional about how he stewards the land and the animals, you have a gold mine, you yeah. know, and you're going to exchange time, travel or time, talent and treasure with that rancher makes you feel like, well, I got to buck up, you know, and yeah. I talk, I talk about that all the time. You know, when it, people are saying you stay busy, you know, how can you do all what you've been doing? It's like, well, if I'm not working just as hard as these damn ranchers, then I'm a freaking charlatan man yeah you know because they are it's 24 7 it's value for value exchange it's proof of work every day of their lives yeah yeah and it's apparent too i saw cole talking you saw last cole night. last night i bet cole hadn't slept in 24 hours last night no nah, i ain't gonna tell you that and when i shook his hand he was humble as hell i mm-hmm. mean i told him you know like I, I was actually telling my wife on the way in this morning um because we're near knc mm-hmm. and it's like you know to think that that meat that's in our freezer right now was literally just grazing down the street maybe oh some i don't know the timeline but oh a few months ago or something mm-hmm. like that and uh we've never had market access of that liking i mean we just picked up right. meat at the grocery store for as long as i can think of over there in the city uh and you don't even know the last time we spoke in june you were even breaking it down where it's like oh that meat probably came from south america mm-hmm. that probably wasn't even you know usda stamp on it but it's not right <laughs> so it. just thinking about that that you know i could ride down the street and know like oh our food came from these mm-hmm. lands around this it's just a phenomenal thought well it really is because you know and everybody always wants to look at you know the the distractions right. that i talk about all the time and they want to look at you know the issues in the, in in the destruction and the deceptions but and that's how i got started wrote the harvest of a deception 
but I, I really try to tell people, hopefully I have some trust out there, is quit worrying about all the deceptions, man. Yeah. You're wasting your damn time. It's true. <laughs> They're always going to be there. Yeah. They're going to get worse. Why are you participating? Why are you validating? You know, and I've, I've worked with like people that have gotten over, you know, drug addiction, alcoholism and stuff like that. And they, they, cause my dad, my father was a counselor for 25 years. I've been around, you know, the recovery aspect of things a lot. And, you know, even when I was studying food intelligence, I went into homeless shelters. I fed homeless people. I looked at the addictions and everything. What people need to understand is that the most important thing that you can do in your life right now is not pay attention to the damn distractions. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's like you have to steward your own movie. Yeah. It's okay to do that, man. Have fun doing it. And a lot of people don't have the confidence to get started in doing that. And so in what we are is we're addicted to the distractions. Behaviorally, we're addicted to the distractions. And whenever you allow yourself to have that thought as you're driving with your wife today, I can't believe that we have this market access to this beef. Yeah. Who would have thought? How much does that change your life? Oh, just that moment. Just thinking about it. Just by having decentralized market access to good food. Yeah. How simple, man. Yeah. But I mean, people are so torn these days. They don't even know what food is. Right. You know, you have to answer questions. It's like, you know, all the, (laughs) how many food shows are there on TV? Gazillion of them. Okay. There's a whole network. (laughs) Yeah. How many, you know, self-help videos are there out there on YouTube? Gurus left and right. It's just, it's, it's, it's nonstop. It doesn't work. Yeah. No. The only thing that works is basically allowing yourself to have that thought. Yeah. And people don't even allow themselves to have that thought anymore. Yeah. Just moving. The mind is moving so fast nowadays. Everything is so high time preference, right? Mm-hmm. That most people don't even slow down to do that. That no. Uh, um, actually, uh, kind of jumping around here, but you you've shared some breathing exercises with me that mm-hmm. have actually helped me. Have slow. you been doing those? Man? I have been. Those things are phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, badass. I I still think I need work on it. Obviously. Well, it's it's always. For the yeah. rest of your life, you probably should do it. Right. So. And I couldn't articulate what the benefits I'm getting of it are, but I will say the main one is, is that is those 15 to 20 minutes of my morning are the time where my mind is focused the most. Mm-hmm. So it must be working. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it, it is. And, yeah. you know, I'm not a, I'm not a guru. I'm not, no. I, I, none of that, man. I'm just a poor boy from West Texas yeah. that yeah. had some yearning and some wanderlust as yeah. a young, young kid. And I've fulfilled a lot of that. But what I've learned is some little tricks from some pretty cool people. Yeah. You know, when I was in Thailand, I learned how to breathe and do breathing exercises. And then, you know, here we have Wim Hof. Yeah. You know, he does all that. He does his cold showers, which are phenomenal. I don't always do them, but when yeah. I need to get my mind ready, hell yeah, I'm going to take cold showers. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I did it this morning. I was in the hotel room and I was like, man, I, I feel I feel less whenever I don't do those breathing things. Yeah. And, and I'm not this, um, you know, kumbaya crap, man. It's like, I'm going to sit here and give myself 15 or 30 minutes to breathe right. Right. And I'm not going to overly analyze it. I'm not going to try to overly define it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do it because after the fact, man, I feel better. I can think better. I can start my day better. I start my day with a cup of coffee. I drink the coffee. I don't look at anything. I turn on the breathing. 
you know, today I think I did, you know, after the sequence of events, because you do breath holds, because I do, yep. you know, I do diving. I used to do a lot of scuba diving, but I wanted to get into basically, you know, uh, deep breath uh, diving to where yeah. you go down for five minutes. Yeah. Well, now I can do my breath for four minutes. And so it gives me an accomplishment to start my day. My mind is clear. It didn't take anything. It wasn't wasn't expensive. It was free. Yeah. And, right. and then now it's a it's a it's a healthy addiction. Yeah. And you get to that where you're like, man, I, I need this. It's okay to need to have breathing exercises in their morning. It takes, you know, you, you pause before you start rushing into that day. That's key. The pause. Yeah, yeah, the pause. Slowing it down. Cause I'm everything... okay to pause these days. It's kind of fun, man. It's, it's amazing when you actually do it because a lot of people here and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the amount of people that, and I keep saying the people, but it's, it's you know, we're all guilty of it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, that phone is always buzzing. Yeah. Uh, and you wake up in the morning and most people are what right? I have it right there in their face and everybody. So that pause early in the morning would definitely set you up for success. And that's why I continue to do it because I find cool. myself to be that person where it's like working on video or working on audio or working on the next project or like thinking I got to get my workout in and all that. Like immediately the, the morning starts and the brain is already like it is man. organizing myself. So <laughs> man, the amount of messages I get now and that phone <laughs> going off is like, man, I ain't touching that. I'm scared of it <laughs> until I do some breathing or something, man. Yeah. You know, because it does, it, it's just, a, it's just a trick. It's a life hack. Yeah. You know, whatever word we want to use. And, you know, I'm not going to be a, one of those dudes on, you know, YouTube sitting cross-legged going, you know, yeah. you know, do it. There's guys out there that are very good at it. Wim Hof is a, a masterful. Yeah. I don't listen to Wim Hof. I don't like his voice. So, you know, yeah, I find right. something that's comfortable and I do it. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's just a, a a difficult thing to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, and Proof of work, though, man. You know, well, the thing is, it, like, I dare everybody right now. I'm looking to go out there and learn how to hold your breath for three minutes. Yeah, it's a fun ride. And man. I want to ask you about the deep sea diving, but before, yeah, sure. <laughs> before I say that, it's just uh, <laughs> like, especially from a creator's perspective, where you know proof of work is extremely important for what we do, right? Right, and it's one of those things where it's like, use my message. My messages on my phone are not filled with just a bunch of degenerates that just want to like talk about like the basketball game last night. It's yeah. filled with other creators that want to collaborate, that want to do things with me that you know, you may have some deadlines or expectations with. So like even that isn't a distraction in itself. Right. right? When you're, you're trying to just like continuously be creative and be. Um, so I, I just wanted to make that assumption, too, that, you know, the signal quality could be good quality. Mm -hmm. that's coming into your phone mm -hmm. but it's still a complete distraction from you focusing on yourself especially early in the day yeah 100 so, percent. Yeah. yeah and that's where we you know none of us were taught to be our own mind filters mm. with all this when they're all because i you know I, you know generation x older than some of of you guys out there but one thing i did is i went through the adoption of basically the internet technology online software all that kind of stuff sure. And, you know, when in my time as, you know, being a research analysis in the telecommunications industry, you know, we didn't know the amount of information that we were going to be shoving into our brains right. that we do every day. So the amount of input that we get it needs a filter these mm. days. Yeah. It really does. And nobody's going to be that filter for you. That's when you have to basically get to, you know, why do I desire what I desire? Right. Why do I desire to do this on Instagram all day? Yeah. Is it because I'm lustful? Is it because I want a friend? Is it because I want to find a new exercise? What is it? Yeah. You know, why do you desire what you desire? Once you can kind of define that, you do become your own mind filter. 
And that's the first step. How do you do that? Well, I quit watching TV. I don't watch Netflix. I, you know, I'll I, if somebody comes, something comes highly recommended, then I'll watch it. Sure. But beyond that, man, bullshit. You ain't getting into this no more. I love that. Screw yeah. you. And I bet rarely anything comes through that filter. Hell no. There man. isn't shit to watch. This. No, and I have no problem. <laughs> Because I can look at people and say, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you think it that's good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> tell me what's good, man. Nobody yeah. can tell me what's good anymore. It says more about them, right? Where you just say, yeah. just, oh, this is amazing. And you're just thinking, Really? Like, tell me why. Right. Why is it amazing? And they probably can't have this. They, they don't. Yeah. It's, you know, but it's like I said, it's not a judgment, man. I was the worst. Know, yeah. We're all bad. Yeah. You know, you do go through a Netflix series and you stay home all weekend and you watch all freaking 12 episodes of, yeah. you know, what was that? What, the Ozarks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everybody does that shit. But after a while, it's just like, man, that's that's kind of rent seeking. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Right, right. Yeah. Know? And personally, if it, like if I if I go through and I have gone through in the past, like I've like physically and mentally I feel like shit mm -hmm. like I'm like damn like while I was watching it, it might have been good the wife might have been involved it was fantastic but afterwards I'm like holy shit I'm never gonna get those 12 hours back it's no. fucking gone forever yeah uh, and then I didn't even like the end of the show anyways it was fucking bullshit <laughs> <laughs> it's just it is oh, it, but you know it's it's okay to walk away from all that and become your own mind filter it's it's like it's, it's a net positive man it yeah. really is it's a great way to put it yeah. yeah I like to listen to a lot of music man I'm a, I'm a, I'm a music guy yeah. How lucky am I that to listen to music as, you know, I, I've given myself an opportunity to enjoy music in a way that I used to. That's how I was raised. Yep. We had, we were a very musical family. You know, I was listening to Doobie Brothers when I was three years old on the stereo on Saturday mornings. That's how I woke up. Yeah. You know, I learned how to listen to vibration. And so all these years, you know, I, I, I put a strong value into vibration and a strong positive vibrations. Yeah. And that's all music is. Yeah, music's incredible. I mean, it's also falling into the the hands of the mm -hmm. record conglomerates oh, yeah. and all that it's stuff. That's another. It's just it's ridiculous. That's another business uh, or yeah. another industry that needs value for value. 1, yeah, 000%. it really does, and we're going there. Yeah, so. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the deep sea diving mm -hmm. was that something that you just always wanted to do and just perfected it or got better well, at it? Or? You know, scuba diving is how I went into it first. And what right. I you know I grew up with Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom on Saturday afternoons at four o'clock. Okay. That was it. We had was three channels. Yeah. Okay. It was uh, Jacques Cousteau was a big guy. Okay. He was the first guy that did a lot of scuba diving. Okay. You know, he kind of pioneered into scuba diving. Well, he dove this place. And it's called the Blue Hole. Okay. And it's outside of Belize, which used to be brought British Honduras at the time that he was on TV. Well, I promised myself as a young kid, I was going to go dive the Blue Hole. Yeah. So, you know, I come from West Texas. When I got to Austin, you know, I started pursuing, you know, uh, water because <laughs> yeah. I grew up in West Texas. It's freaking desert. Yeah. So I got into water and the rivers and lakes and, you know, I got into scuba diving and I started going around the world and scuba diving. And because um, I, I had an obligation to that, to that young boy, right. you know, and I said, well, you know, nobody's going to do it for you. So how do you do it? Yeah. And so I learned, I became a very good scuba diver. And so I used to go and do, you know, reef walls. I did the blue hole and I got to where I could go down pretty deep. And then after that, I was like, okay, that's cool. Well, let's start trying to train to just hold your breath. Yeah. Let's go down in that universe. And so before, um, before COVID, I was going back to Thailand. I was going to ride a motorcycle across Thailand again and go deeper into the culture of, Thai, you know, the tides and the Thai people. 
And then I was probably going to end up in Florida and start doing this diving. So it still yeah. might be on the menu. Okay. <laughs> and then the beef initiative kicked in, is that? Yeah. that's Yeah. We that, went into COVID and it's like, okay, man, this is, this is going to be something, you know, my food intelligence was going in a different direction, but when COVID hit, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to pause here. I, I didn't even get my passport renewed. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to wait and see what this is. And so now that it, we're whatever, they're, they're getting ready for round two. Uh, yeah, you know, I got my passport and, you know, here we go. I mean, I'm going to Australia in January, probably going to go out and see Captain Sid in Thailand and yep. next year sometime. Is and he out there already? He's No, he's in okay. Turkey right now. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I haven't been following I have, I Sid. A, yeah. Uh, he's not posting much, but he's he's there. He's in Turkey and then yeah. he's going somewhere else. So. Yeah. Had said on the show, he's a great conversation. Yeah, he's he's he had a great uh, road tri- or motorcycle trip this year. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you. So we last talked in June, and I want to ask you. You know what has what has what has changed since June when it comes to the beef initiative and and the food intelligence uh, mm-hmm. mission that you're on. Before that, though, this is actually a requested question. Sure. What is a cowboy? What is a cowboy? A cowboy. Is it a lifestyle or what does one have to be to be considered a cowboy? Well, what, and that's a very good question. Okay. And because, you know, I've, I've always called myself a hippie punk cowboy. Okay. Because I did. I grew up with hippies. Yeah. I grew up with guys riding Harleys. Yeah. I grew up with guys that were hardcore biker gangs. I grew up with hardcore cowboys. And the thing about what I just said. Yeah. They're basically the same damn thing. Are they? Okay. A true Texas cowboy is a dude that basically from days gone by, if you look at the history of a cowboy, the cowboy in the state of Texas came from the Vicaro. That's we we leveraged into how the, you know, how how the the Mexican culture came into Texas. Before okay. we were Texans, we were Texians. Okay. And so you look at the how that happened. What was a cowboy? Well, a cowboy was somebody that he had a good horse. Okay, transportation. Okay. He didn't go by too many rules. He didn't follow a lot of people's authority. And what he did is he pioneered his travels around this earth with a good form of transportation. What that gave him is a, is a, a freedom of mind. Mm. Okay. To where he, he didn't have any barriers. He didn't have any walls. And in a true cowboy, you even looked at today, you go up there in West Texas, there's some ranchers up there. There's some true damn cowboys that all they have is a truck and all they have is a saddle and all they have is a horse and a trailer. And that's all they do. They go from ranch to ranch and they work. They, they, they have their tools of trade. Yep. You know, they, they have the rope. They have everything you need to be a cowboy. You got your boots, you got your hats, you got your, you know, you got your chaps, you got everything you need. But what all those are are tools of freedom mm. for him because he knows that the only thing he wants in this life is basically to, to, to not have to answer to anybody but those stars at night. Seriously. Yeah. You know, he wants to sleep outside. He don't want any of this stuff that's going on. And so you look at a cowboy like now, you look at Cobalt, you yep. know, and you look how both him and I, he was raised in East Texas, I was raised in West Texas. We're the same damn thing. Yeah. You know, just that he he, he had a, a direct line to basically to steward the land and animals, and he's yeah. taking advantage of that. I had a direct line to basically steward adventure, mm. and that's what I've always done. I used big tech as for a form of adventure. I always had a cowboy spirit in there. You know, I never bought into the the basically, <laughs> you know, I didn't go to college. I used to go to UT and I'd just go to classes just because I wanted to. Yeah. So that's a cowboy spirit. It's like, screw you. I'm going to leverage you 
you think you're leveraging me? No, I'm going to leverage you. Love it. And so if you can have that, you know, I'd go, you know, I, I would leave Austin sometimes yep. and I'd go up into New Mexico and cowboy and we do pack trails, we do elk hunts, we do all kinds of stuff. We break some horses, but I'd talk to those, uh, those guys up there, those cowboys and I'd tell them, I was like, man, I know a bunch of damn punk rockers in Austin and you two are the same damn person. And yeah. so he has a mohawk or whatever, you know, whatever sure, sure. the boots. And, you know, chain and here and this, and, and you got your cowboy hat and you've got your pencil drawings and you got your poetry. Yeah. They're the same person. It's just that we kind of present ourselves in different ways, but to the true essence, yeah, it's just that search for freedom with good transportation. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, especially we've talked about it on TV, you just put a hat on somebody and call them a cowboy and say, <laughs> no, nah, that's not it. So, well, I grew up in the seventies where there was that movie with John Travolta, uh, urban cowboy, uh, you know, a, and that's what we fan. got, but yeah, great movie from is the seventies. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to watch. It's, you know, it is, it's the seventies, but it, it's kind of fun, but it's okay to be a urban cowboy in spirit. It's okay to watch <laughs> Yellowstone and kind of have that craving because yeah. it steps you in the right direction. But, you know, I, I could take some people out to, to places, you know, out there in the old Comanche lands of West Texas. You want to see a cowboy? I'll, I'll show you a cowboy. <laughs> awesome glad I asked great answer <laughs> yeah for whoever asked the question I hope that was a good enough answer it was great for me it's a good question I like that I'm yeah. glad people are talking about it because what we need to do is we need to bring that cowboy spirit that's what I talk about yeah. it's like it's time to you know let's leverage the cowboy I even tell Cole I said damn Cole we're going to turn pop culture on its head yeah because of the grit that we bring for that yearning for freedom yeah that's it and that's what we all need yeah that's all we need it's okay yeah let's do it we have the means we have the tools yeah. yeah but you know you have to have you know you have to point your compass in the right direction absolutely yeah i have some good leaders that's important, yeah especially when you're getting started right you bet don't fall in the hands of charlatans no all right slim so the last time we talked uh you were on the show was about june this was before crawford this mm-hmm. was before the birth uh the first uh meat conference beef conference now you're about to have a second one what has changed since we last spoke in june and what's something that we can expect coming forward well, and actually, the first one was in April. It was in Kerrville, Texas. Yep, you're right on that one. And then we had Crawford in July. So second and then one. we're doing White Elk Pastures in September. It's two weeks out. Yep. Um, what, what what they've done is they've been a stepping stone. Yep. The first one was Discovery. I come from project management and big tech. Yep. So I look at things as projects. And so this year was a project of uh, events. Started out as conferences. Now we're calling them summits because it's basically here we go. We've stepped up each time. Yeah. The first one was discovery. Let's let's see who's paying attention. Let's see who's actually listening to the to the message and the mission of food intelligence and market access and basically, you know, saving children's lives by basically new consumption models. And so we found out that, man, across the board, we got a lot of people paying attention. We got a lot of people trying to be intentional with maybe making those changes in their lives. Right. And then we got into uh, Crawford, basically. Let's, do, let's do define what we're doing here. And, you know, working with Jason Rick of Rick Ranches and having the conference in Colorado was a great way to define who we are. Because hmm. everybody there, they knew exactly why they were there. They knew what they wanted to contribute, what they wanted to take away, and what they wanted to do as far as the next step into their lifestyle, yeah. right? Well, here we go. We're in we're in Georgia at White Oak Pastures with Will Harris. It's September 16th and 17th and 18th in Bluffton, Georgia. Well, guess what? 
White Oak Pastures, Will Harris is the pinnacle of regenerative farming and ranching. Yeah. He created his own, he, he took a ranch that his father was a commodity cowboy, used the herbicides, pesticides, you know, chemicals, blah, 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 all the grains, all that. Well, he went back to the regenerative way his great grandfathers did. And so he's been doing that for about 25 years. And so now everybody can come to this summit, which is the Beef Initiative and Food Intelligence Summit. You guys want to know how to change your lives, how to run your lives, how to steward your lives moving forward with intentionality, with proof of work, with basically a call to action, with market access to a decentralized life. We're doing it all in Georgia. And the thing about these these events, they're they're hard to get to. Yeah. You don't get off the airplane and go to your hotel and Uber into the conference. Center. Right. You have to make intentional plans. It's intentionality at its finest. So these events, you know, they're not a numbers game. Right now, they're a very high quality value for value game. And that's what I love about them because we're not making, we don't make money off of these things. I try to break even, man. Yeah. We try to break even, maybe some gas money. Yeah. And beyond that, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep those that way. That way we can actually use these, people can use these as gateways of if maybe it's the mindset gateway of maybe how to become your own mind filter gateway into your new consumption model. You know, whatever it is, you're going to find it as an individual, Yeah. but we're doing it with Bitcoin and beef, mm. pure animal protein. And so we educate on Bitcoin and beef, pure yeah. animal protein. What all does that consist? You know, what is that? What is it now? What was it? And how do we show that we've had the proof of work? Like last night, Cole, you know, I talked to everybody. He's like, he's traded beef now. He's got a full Bitcoin because mm-hmm. he decided he wasn't going to buy Bitcoin. He was going to exchange value for value for Bitcoin and beef. And he's done that. Now he's a full coiner. He likes that. He's proud of it. It's historical. So everybody's looking at Bitcoin and saying, well, how does it get adopted? Well, you're looking at it, guys. It's happening in real time. In man. real time. Yeah. We've, we've done over $200,000 worth of beef sales through the Beef Initiative. Yeah. You know, we're not making a lot of money off that because we're building infrastructure. Sure. But we can say we have proof of work. I don't think we have a technology stack. Yeah. So we get to talk about that, these events. And so we just laid it all on the table, man. We're going to talk about the heritage woman and, and, and where, where it was then, where it is now. The people out there that are living their lives that are extremely happy, extremely powerful. In everything they're doing and we're bringing the woman into bitcoin into beef into nutrition and we're giving them a stage and Love from li- mining bitcoin to custody of bitcoin to transacting bitcoin how do you get market access to pure animal protein or pure produce whatever it is that you need you're going to find it at these events that's amazing. Yeah. And I love that you're keeping it that way where it's intentional. Yeah. Because that's going to make sure that what I always think about when I think about conferences that go wrong is is Miami. Right. Like yeah. The Bitcoin conference. Like when you just open up the floodgates for anybody to just be able to walk in. <laughs> yeah. It gets polluted. It, it really does. Fast, too. Yeah. It's not even. And you can tell when it's, you know, fiat seeking. Right. Like they just want to pump their numbers. There's a lot of money that goes into them. Respects to all that. Back to the capitalism stuff. There's a thin line for me. But this, on the other hand. That makes a lot of sense to me. You're there because you know you want to be there, which means your antennas are up, which means you're going to absorb the signal. 
yeah. which means you're going to go back and bring that to your community and push it around yeah. as opposed to just being there to do a photo bomb or a photo drop with somebody. Yeah. And it is the sign of the times, you know, and it that's is. why I don't want to call them a conference anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not about PowerPoint trend. You know, it's not about happy hours, even though people, you know, whatever it is, it's about freaking, you know, a lifestyle. I yeah. tell people that the beef initiative is international lifestyle. You just don't understand it yet. Right. And I think that we're starting to prove that, you know, I could go out right now and I could have a conference and, you know, a cool city and, you know, we could, we could bring a thousand people in probably. Yeah. And, you know, and make it to where we could do that. Sure. I could hire a, a conference team yeah. and we could put it all together. We could do the flair and we could do all the marketing and, right. but this is, we're grassroots, man. Yeah. We're grass fed and grassroots. Right. And so, you know, whatever that means, it will grow in size, but it'll be done in a grassroots way. Right. It'll be done with intentionality. Intentionality. Yeah. So let's talk about more about that intentionality. For the people that are not thinking in that mindset, what would you not advise? Because that sounds very guruish, right. but like strategies that you found yourself to be to to focus on that when it comes to making decisions. It's just as the individual get to the source of the seed of what's bothering you in life. Gotcha. What 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 are you? What is your fear? Yeah. Because you either have truth or fear. Fear is a lie. Yep. So you have truth and lies. So if you're living in fear, find out what the source of the seed of that is. Usually it's a basically a lack of nutrition to your brain. I don't find anybody that's that consumes animal protein in the way that we kind of, you know, that I talk about that lives in fear. And if they do have fear, they're over, they overcome it because it's a form of nutritional empowerment that your brain is not being afforded right now. So if you can find what you're you're afraid of and identify it, be transparent about it, yeah. and then you can actually start devising and engineering your own, you know, solutions, yeah. source of the seed of solutions. And so, you know, it if if people aren't looking at food these days, you know, we're not talking about the global industrial food shift that's going on right now. A lot of people are confused by that. Yeah. And it is. It's daunting. It's been planned for years, though. I guarantee it. Yeah. This is nothing new that is playing out. Bugs, this is nothing new. They've had this planned. And so if, you, if you're if you afraid of all that, well, leave it. Yeah. And then you create a new market access of understanding, of thought, of food, whatever it is for you first. Go out there and buy a freaking quarter of a cow, put it in your freezer, consume a quarter of a cow over a month, yeah. and tell me how much your life changed. For sure. It will change forever. I'll vouch for that right and That's all you got to do. <laughs> that's all you got to do. Yeah. It doesn't have to be less than $500, probably, something like that. A quarter of a cow is, you know, whatever. It depends yeah. on the rancher. It depends on if you're going through the beef initiative, right? There you go. <laughs> so, but <laughs> go out there and consume pure animal protein for, and forget everything that you were taught. Yeah. And just eat steak, eat burgers, and just lose everything else for yeah. 30 days. It's a 30-day damn challenge. Yeah. I guarantee you, your life will change, and you won't have to do anything expect, except basically create a new market access to understanding of who you are. Yeah. That's it. I'm living proof. It works. Yeah. Came yeah. here, bought a, uh, the freezer bundle from mm -hmm. K. Uh, KNC and uh, yeah, I've been nothing but steak uh, the whole time and yeah, the, the most productive I've ever been. <laughs> and this is not the about selling. Yeah, no, about, it's not. Yeah, it's not yeah. about selling beef, man. We're gonna sell beef. No, no, There's but no. like a lot of people who are going through those fears and those feelings and their emotions don't yeah. even think that it's chemically happening, right? Yeah. Like inside, like you said, in their brain, they think yeah. it's uh, like outer surface stuff. No, nah, it's all internal, man. Right. It could until just... we until we change that freaking internal chemical algorithm in our lives, okay. right. lack thereof chemicals in lack your system. Them, 
then you're going to be spinning your wheels, man. Yeah. It's just, it's the days, it's the days and times we live in, man. Yeah. 70% of Americans two prescriptions or more. Yep. 78% of us obese, overweight, diabetic, pre-diabetic, man. It just never stops. You yeah. want statistics. I'll give you the damn, it's not good. Yeah. Accept it. It's yeah. not good. It's not. Yeah. And you're part of it. We're all part of it. I was part of it. Yeah. You know, in certain ways, we're all part, we all played a part in this. Absolutely. And if we can train it, can, can change our consumer demand into something that's basically foolproof because it's how we got here. It's how we got here the last million, whoever it is, whatever argument we want to say, let's say 10,000 years. Sure. <laughs> it's how we got here. We, we ate and consumed animal protein. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and uh, that's why I'm a big fan too of the Meat Mafia guys as well, because mm-hmm. they go deeper into like nutritional stuff like that. Well, and, they, they came to me in the very beginning yeah. and it's like, well, okay, this is what you guys are doing. You guys write about this because right. you guys want to take this food intelligence very deep. Yeah. I've got to keep on building this new corporation, this new industry of beef. Yeah. So I let them write for my sad, uh, Substack, you know, Harrison and Brett. And so they got started. They made those life changes. They both went through life, you know, ordeals to where they basically engineered their own suffering. And so the suffering won't be engineered upon them anymore. And now look at them. Now they're authoritative with that message. And it's, it's based on food intelligence. Yeah. And anybody can do this, man. They didn't, they all both went to college (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got their degrees, I think. I don't know. But now they're doing their own thing. Now they're living the cowboy life. So, but Love they got to get boots and hats. And, you know, I saw Brett with a damn cowboy hat and he didn't have boots on. So that's just, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Do There's that. rules to the game. <laughs> well, there is, unless you're a true cowboy. Gotcha. I think Cole had desert boots on last night. They're called desert boots, but they're not cowboy boots but he got a damn good story and i'll tell that to y'all here in about a month we gotta hold on to it there's a there's a good story coming <laughs> okay the reason he wasn't been wearing boots lately so gotcha um as for ranchers that have onboarded to the beef initiative has there been an increase in any numbers you can share from the last time we spoke in june or yeah i think we're a close 70 to 80 wow. uh, as far as ranchers coming into the to, to the platform itself yep I've got a line of about five to seven ranchers now that we're giving the white glove approach to. Okay. And we're, we're not just going, hey, get Bitcoin. We're going to educate them on right. the technology stack, the why of Bitcoin, how they can leverage it, uh, what their intentionality is with Bitcoin, right. what they're trying to overcome, the store of value that they need. It's, it's a process. Yeah, sure. And it's just not like, hey, I got a moon wallet. You got a blue wallet. Can we exchange? Yeah, yeah that can happen. Sure. Why not? Nobody's to say that's not the way to go, right? right? But if, you know, for an e-commerce system into where we can have full market access that we can play in the same centralized market access that they've designed, yep. we'll do it in a decentralized way with Bitcoin yep. in the way that we have a vertical integration from the soil all the way to your fork. And nobody can tell us no. Yeah. They yeah. can't. I mean, until they really come down on us, they can't say anything. I don't think they're going to come down on us. Yeah. Because we're following the law better than law follows itself. Mm. Mm. And know? that's where they're, they're fucked uh-huh. in that situation. It's true. Well, that, Love and, that, yeah. And if they, if they come after us for doing decentralized food, yep. market access, they're going to expose themselves. Right. And they'll have some type of, you know, deception. Right. You know, just like the deception of the cow being a carbon hazard, deception of climate change that they're pushing deception of cricket protein is better than beef protein. Jeez. You know, if people are really willing to to believe that model and to really stand by it, well, they're going to have to live with that. So go ahead. 
But the people that are truly intentional about basically, you know, living in a different way that is based on pure animal protein, man, the market access is right in front of you. It's, yeah. it's here. It's the beef initiative. Yeah. We have proof of work. We're moving forward hard right now. Our sales have been tremendous. Uh, coal uh, is going to be the number one supplier for, you know, beef initiative, KNC cattle. We're going to have multiple upon multiple ranchers selling subscription models through the beef initiative across the nation. Love that. And then, like I said, I'm going, I'm going to Australia yeah. and then I'm going to go try to be in Europe. I'm going to be in Asia. The beef initiative is, is global. Yeah. We're building out locally and we're broadcasting globally. Anybody can do this anywhere they are in the world. And we can, we have a protocol that works Yeah, and it's so simple. It's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best things are right <laughs> love it that's amazing work Slim that's kind of all I got for you man I appreciate your time coming down man, here man Def it's always a blast I mean, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy working with you likewise man I mean I, I respect how you do everything within your podcast itself your editing your you know everything that you've got going you know I want to be a part of your your progress you know in this space because we got to get the word out. You know, we're all going podcasting 2.0. It's sound communications, decentralized. So let's let's pioneer together. Let's let's kind of show some people how to do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm game for that. We've been talking a lot about it and uh, yeah. yeah, that's a uh, uh on the on the podcasting side of things that's something I'm very passionate about. It's decentralizing the information. <laughs> uh Ooh. because you can do a lot of things with podcasting. You can joke around, you can fuck around, do all that, but the information uh being decentralized is important cuz this is how my generation, or at least people my age, are learning the most. It's, it is. It, it, they're absorbing it through a podcast, and uh, it's something we need to protect. Cho choose your consumption model well. Absolutely. With your audio and your video content. Absolutely. Be intentional about it. Don't be random. Don't be a motard. Right. You know, with the motivational videos, all that kind of stuff. Leave those. Leave those. Be, become your own damn movie. It's okay to do that. Cowboy up. Become your own damn movie. It's fun. Absolutely. Come it's along fine. for the ride. Damn it's it. fine to live this life the way y'all want to live it, not the way they tell you to live it. Right. Uh, Slim, any call to action? Tell the listeners where they can follow Everybody you. Everybody get your ass to Georgia, September 16th, 17th, 18th. If you can't make it, we'll do our best to share it with you after the fact. But, uh, you know, get to the Beef Initiative platform and, you know, everything that we've talked about, you can find a, a, a rabbit hole of yeah. food intelligence, of a new market access to pure animal protein, uh, maybe locally, maybe through the beef initiative, whatever your scenario or cases in Boston, you had to order a beef box. Yep. Now you can go visit Cole in person. So Absolutely. everybody kind of follows that path. Once they get to the beef initiative platform, you're going to follow where you, you know, find out where you fall in that, in that basically that integration that we're doing back into clean food. Yep. Yeah. So that's the only call to action. Follow you on Twitter. Yeah, at Modern T Man. At Modern yeah. T Man. Be the best thing you guys ever do. And, Trust me. And then we got at TX Slim Media that we're kicking off. We're doing an audio docu-series. Go listen to that. That's kind of documenting my road trip across the United States uh, this year and the years before. There's a story that has not been told yet, and we're trying to produce it in kind of a cool way. Like yeah. I said, we're going to turn pop culture on its head, so get right. ready. Yep. I mean, we're going to do whatever it takes. We'll do. We're going to be in a documentary, one or two of those. We're doing the audio docu series. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna bring all the punches out, and we're gonna use. We're gonna leverage what they've leveraged against us because we yeah. were trustworthy. Well, we're gonna form a new form of trust, Love. and it's gonna be with content that is decentralized and it's based on intentionality, trust, transparency, and values. Amazing. 
Marty's not here, but in the vein of Marty. Thank you, Marty. We're going to win. Yes, right? that's we're what Marty would say. We'll do that one, but right? <laughs> we're going to win. Um, appreciate you guys as always. If you want this 4K content, check us out on Bitcoin TV. Let's get away from the YouTube algorithm. They can shut us down at any single point. We don't want to respect that. Uh, and as we discussed here, value for value, if you got any value out of this conversation, please check us out on Podcasting 2.0 platforms. Our favorite are Fountain and Breeze, but there's many of them out there. We need to support them all. We need to keep this medium decentralized. We appreciate you guys as always. Until next week, Slim, thank you so much. Thank you, Dev. Appreciate you. Peace. There you go.